Clinician Insider is a bi-monthly series centering conversations within the clinical community that promote personal and professional growth. On this episode, Drs. Juan Granada and Louis Cannon discuss radiation safety standards and ways that we can protect the health of the heart team. So, you know, you and I put together the uh, innovation session and we're here in the last uh, day, even though it's tomorrow, but everybody's going to go. A lot of people will go home uh, this afternoon. And, and I like to reflect about what happened uh, at the session. And um, one thing that I was very intrigued um, is uh, the robotic session was packed. Um, we had um, a couple of presentations on radiation protection right. um, and technologies to essentially improve the efficiency um, of you know, flow, protection of personnel, making actually remote procedures. And um, one thing that I love about you is that besides being a clinician, you have a very good business sense of value. Thank you. And is, is, um, is this radiation protection story real? I mean, you recently um, decided to do actually more, you know, innovation work um, and your clinical work actually at the present time is different. Correct. But I would like to know, um, being an operator in the lab is something that actually crossed your mind? Yes. And yeah. let me tell you why it um, concerns me. I go a lot to out of the U.S. labs, and I see these this young generation guys doing CTOs, two hours of procedure, doing endovascular procedure with the x-ray yeah. tube. Yeah. And I always say that this is like the atomic bomb. It mm -hmm. takes 30 years for radiation to catch up on humans. Mm -hmm. And we may, at some point, start actually seeing potential right. uh, side effects in, in, in our own operators, in our own population. Right. I mean, so, so tell me what you think about yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, it, it's worrisome, especially one as we get into more complex procedures and we're sitting there under the radiation. There are some basic things that, that we know we can do. Um, you want to decrease your fluoro time as much as possible in every procedure. You want to try to maximize or minimize the source to image distance as you go. Um, you also want to do things like collimate as much as possible, do an angiogram, and then magnify it. But there's some really cool stuff that's out there right now. Let me now. ask you this. Okay. Be before we go there, because this is okay. the thing that actually uh, you know, bothers me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Do you think people are aware of this? I mean, do you really think the awareness of, of, of the need, of the risk? Because, I mean, I, I see that everybody you know, is careful, you know, with, but, um, but I am not really sure that the concept of, look, we need to go beyond our standard radiation protection uh, protocols right, right. Is, is really catching up on, on, on people. It I needs mean, to. If you actually it see here, to. we have only one hour session at PCT when perhaps actually should be a, a full session on radiation right, protection. Right. I think part of the conflict is physicians will allow ourselves to even be exposed to something harmful to help someone out, uh, but it's the real deal. I mean, there are a couple of Canadian uh, interventional cardiologists that have developed left-sided brain yes, tumors. Yes. Uh, females, uh, interventional cardiologists, more left-sided breast cancer than right-sided breast cancer. We're wearing thyroid, uh, you know, lead, so that when we look down and we look up, we're increasing the lordotic curvature of our cervical spine. Uh, you know, wearing 30, 40 pounds of lead is a problem as we do these more difficult procedures. I'm involved in some chronic limb ischemia. I mean, you are right there. Sometimes you actually see your arm go under and through the fluoro. So it's, it's important. It's something we've got so, to pay attention so to. So tell me the categories of technology innovation. 
uh, that because you know you started saying we have the imaging companies doing certain things with their the uh, imaging algorithms. Correct. We also have some ancillary tools that can be connected to some areas to protect you. I even right. actually saw a, like a full vest. It was like a robot, you know. <laughs> I actually walked exactly. in there yesterday. There is actually robotics right. um, that right. can also improve that. So right. what are the main categories? Right. Uh, you, you've really hit on the major, uh, the major ones. There's some really interesting technologies where uh, the uh, eye follows the physician's eye. So yeah. what happens is you get yeah. automate, uh, automated cool. collimation I, inside. That's very that cool. That was actually, they presented a shark tank. Yeah, that was uh, control rack. Exactly, exactly, really cool. And then of course there are kind of the drapes, uh, zero gravity, the protege system, um, which is diagnostic imaging. So, um, you know, those things are almost walk-in, zero gravity that drops down. They're making it nice so that you can get radial access easy. Um, you know, you can push a magnet and then detach it. Um, but simple things like, you know, LAO view, AP cranial view, just keep away from things like that. We're not going to get away from it until we get to robotics. So one thing is, that, that um, is important is not only about the physician, all right, but also about the personnel mm -hmm. and also, um, you know, uh, the patient. So, I mean, I guess that some of these tools will protect more certain people than Correct. actually older people. Um, a big concern to me is the nurses. I mean, especially if you've seen yeah. in, uh, in acute procedures, nurses are trying to actually do things and you have yeah. the tube. It's, it's a little bit actually uh, right. uh, scary. But let me ask you this question because I really think it's important. And is the uh, the brutality of the financial um, healthcare system? I'm an administrator. You come to me and say, "Hey, Doctor Granada, I'm concerned about radiation, and I want you to buy me the zero gravity system because I don't want to get radiation. Uh, it's going to cost five hundred thousand dollars to buy X system, um, and I'm going to say, what is in it for me?" What, what, what is actually the uh, business model for hospitals right. and systems to adopt right. um, radiation protection technologies? Because to be perfectly honest, some of the systems they say, you know what, is I'm paying you well. You sure. know, just work is a is sure. an occupational hazard. As the guy sure. that is, you know, putting well, cleaning windows in New York and right. look, you know, you have insurance. And yeah. So how are we going to be able to create? <laughs> this uh, ecosystem in which the, the value creation right. of these technologies can really give something back to the healthcare right. system. It's right. productivity, right. it's protecting actually right. productivity of physicians. How do you see this working? Yeah, boy, I, you know, I admire your brutal honesty. Um, and it, it's really true. It's hard to go to an administrator and say you have a return on investment for this 300,000 or half of, uh, you know, $500,000 piece of equipment. Especially in places that you have 10 cath labs. No, no, no question then, how do you pick which cath lab and you multiply it out? I think it is a huge recruitment and retention tool, number one. Uh, I think right now in cardiology, we're involved in peripheral vascular disease, structural heart disease. We're going to be involved, in my opinion, in stroke. We've got STEMI. Uh, there are so many divergent areas that there's going to be a shortage of interventional cardiologists. Uh, there's actually a prediction by the uh, U.S. Uh, workforce. By 2030, we're going to be down about 50,000 specialists. So, so a very important recruitment tool, retention tool. Uh, we need more women in medicine. Um, you know, uh, to have a woman constantly exposed to radiation is a problem. Uh, you can increase... Which for them specifically is extremely important, especially the ones that uh, are in the uh, age to have kids. And everything ab is absolutely, important. absolutely. One thing before we um, uh, wrap things up, um, you've been doing amazing things in India. 
I mean, it's fascinating to actually think that you can treat patients remotely yeah. um, while you are, you know, watching the case and you're operating the system. Mm -hmm. A few words about uh, yeah. robotics and telemanipulation. Yeah, I, I really think it's unbelievable and I think it's going to be transformational. So uh, Dr. Tejas Patel, uh, we just uh, presented this in, in, in The Lancet and published it in The Lancet, uh, did uh, several stent procedures from more than 100 miles away from his office. So he was literally sitting at his computer with the cockpit, moving the wire, moving the balloon, placing the stent, etc., from a place 100 miles away. It's mind-blogging. The global impact, though, Juan, is huge. So if if you look at uh, our uh, interventional primary angioplasty and MI, the last decade only 50% were able to get primary angioplasty. The other, exactly. about 40 to 50% got lytic therapy. Why? They, they, they can't be treated within 60 uh, to 90 minutes or whether there's not enough hospitals. So this is going to be that, huge for global actually, health. That's what I call the social-based innovation and it's actually an amazing uh, opportunity yeah. to actually achieve that. So. Look, this is the type of discussions we have in the hallways of uh, this is why we have TCT meetings, and uh, it's been a pleasure to have you here. Thanks. And, uh, thank you again for always for a pleasure. Yeah. All right, you got it. Thanks very much. Catch new episodes of Clinician Insider on the 15th and 30th of every month. Follow us on Twitter to join the conversation at Clinician Inside, and send us your topic suggestions at clinicianinsider at crf.org. Thanks for listening.